Hello and welcome to this new episode in our series of Simmons and Simmons Mediation Podcasts. My name is Sasha Kuhn and I am one of our firm's mediation specialists. Today I'm joined by my fellow partner and mediation expert James Pollock. James is head of our firm's International Insurance and Construction Group. He's a renowned litigator specializing in professional liability, coverage, insurance and construction disputes. In his role, James is often involved in mediation and, as insurers are often involved in conflicts involving multiple parties, a natural expert for today's topic, multi-party mediation. So, James, maybe to start with, um, from your perspective, what is multi-party mediation and in which sense does it differ from other two-party mediation procedures? And um, are there any specific procedural rules that parties should be aware of? Hi, Sasha. Um, well, very simply, uh, it's a part. It's a mediation involving more than two parties. It's it's as simple as that. As that, and fundamentally, that's the only difference. Um, it doesn't have its own procedural rules. The rules are the same for a two-party mediation as they are for a twenty-party mediation. And importantly, uh, the the key rules of any mediation, so confidentiality and flexibility, and the, the parties being controlled, they remain the same. In practical terms, of course, uh, as with anything in life, the more people involved, the more complicated it gets. Uh, it gets more time consuming and ultimately, I guess, it becomes harder to resolve when there's multi-parties. Okay. And when, when parties are considering whether or not to enter into a mediation agreement, are there any specific aspects that should be considered specifically in, in the case of multi-party disputes and, and conflicts? Um, no, in terms of drafting the agreement, uh, I don't think there's anything that, that changes. The agreement remains a key document in any uh, mediation. Uh, one thing that might be worthwhile emphasising is confidentiality to all the parties, because confidentiality and in certain jurisdictions, privilege is crucial to the mediation uh, process. And the more people involved than human beings, human beings, the greater the risk that that confidentiality will be lost. So the agreement is important in emphasizing to all the parties that this, the whole process needs to be kept confidential. Mm -hmm. Maybe another aspect when we are discussing mediation, regardless of whether we are coming from the UK or from Germany or basically any other jurisdiction in this world, um, there is a globally um, understood and agreed model that mediation is following. And a part of this model is the pre-mediation phase, which in many cases um, is, I would say, somewhat neglected and maybe not taken as serious as the other phases of mediation. Now, in multi-party mediation, um, it is often said that pre-mediation is indeed more important than another two-party mediation scenarios. Would you share this view? Um, well, I, I agree with you, Sasha, that the pre-mediation phase is very important and has been neglected. But I think I see that changing uh, in as a matter of practice, certainly in uh, the UK jurisdictions, with more emphasis being placed on that. Um, in terms of the difference between a multi-party mediation and a two-party mediation, most of the time, I would say it's not more important there. there. It's equally important, but it can be a question of degree. And I say that because I have a mediation at the moment where we have we're preparing for a mediation where we have hundreds of claimants spread over uh, five or six claimant law firms. 
between 20 and 30 defendants, multi, uh, several mediators, and the preparation for that pr mediation process is taking many months. So it's proving uh, very difficult. And in that case, uh, the pre-mediation stage is certainly as important as the, the mediation stage and much more important in a two-party mediation. So yes, it can be much more important. Mm -hmm. James, you just mentioned um, uh, one other interesting aspect, uh, namely the fact that in multi-party mediations, there are often, not always, but often more than one mediator. So um, we're talking about co-mediators in these cases. When you're, from your perspective, what are the challenges and, and the pros and cons of having more than just one mediator? That's a, that's a good question. Um, and I think in a mediation where there are more than five or six parties, I guess, having more than one mediator, generally the pros greatly outweigh the cons. Um, and I've used more than one mediator for various reasons. First, um, at the most simple level, it, you need more than one mediator where the number of parties just dictates that that's necessary for practical reasons. Um, when you have lots of parties, one mediator simply cannot get around uh, everyone in time. Uh, and an important point to remember about mediation is the parties often spend a lot of time sitting on their own in the room just waiting for the mediator or for something to happen. So we have lots of parties, you're going to, uh, going to find that many of them will spend hours on end sitting on their own uh, and that can lead to boredom which is bad in itself but also it can lead to the parties thinking this process isn't working uh, and giving up. So you can need more than one mediator for practical reasons. Um, Another time I've used more than one mediator is in certain cases, it can be useful to have a big name uh, mediator, so a senior judge. And in the UK system, the, senior, the most senior judges get this title, Lord. And sometimes for some parties, it can help them come along with the process and have trust in the process, whether speaking to someone like that or perhaps more importantly, someone like that is telling them that they should do something. Now, this can be important in retail or consumer claims, class actions. Uh, an example might be a multi-party claim where, I don't know, there's been an airplane crash or something like that. And you need a big name to help bring the parties along to, to get a resolution. Um, a con with that, a downside of that, is sometimes the big name the senior judge may not have the experience that the, the really good commercial mediators will have and know all the tricks of the trade. So in those circumstances, often I find it useful to have a second mediator, an experienced commercial mediator who can guide the more senior, say for example, a senior judge and subtly drive the process themselves. Um, the final example I can give of having more than one mediator, and this is quite rare, is where a specific expertise or more than one specific expertise is needed. Generally, mediators should be quite commercial animals and they should be able, in theory, I think, to handle any dispute. It's not the subject matter, but it's the process that's more important. But sometimes in really highly technical disputes, having more than one mediator with a specific expertise can be useful. So, Generally, I think in the right case, having more than one mediator has the benefits outweigh the downsides, such as extra cost and coordination, and but there are things that we should be able to manage. Interesting, and, and, and very close to what, from my perspective, the answers would look like for continental Europe. Maybe one last question. Um, the English language has the impression, the more the merrier. 
Would you think that this is um, a way of saying that does apply to mediation or is there anything like a natural limit um, to whether or not mediation does work um, as a dispute uh, resolution tool for multi-party conflicts? Um, yeah, I think, yeah, there, look, there has to be a limit. If there's too many parties, eventually the whole process will become too unwieldy. There'll be too many issues to resolve. There'll be too many competing interests. And just in practical terms, it will take far too long. And, and coming back to the theme of confidentiality, you're going to lose confidentiality. So that could prove fatal. I think the more interesting question is what the limit is. And I'm not sure I've reached that yet. Um, I've done quite a few three, four, five party mediations, and there's been no problems there at all. Um, I've done one mediation where we had just, I think it was about 18 parties, uh, lots of issues. That took three mediators. It took three days, spread over, I think, two months in different jurisdictions. And we needed to spread it out because with, with those many issues and that many people involved, you just can't get it done all at once, certainly not in one day. People get tired. They need to get take instructions. They need to think things through. But that was successful. Um, the one I mentioned a few moments ago uh, where we have hundreds of claimants and lots of law firms involved. Um, that's taking, as I said, months to put in place. There's lots of issues to deal with. For example, who's going to pay for all of this? Um, what issues are in the mediation? What issues are out of the mediation? There's a concern about confidentiality again, because I think there's a, a natural concern that with that many people, it's going to be impossible to maintain confidentiality and avoid publicity. Um, we have two mediators already, and they want at least one more. So maybe we've reached the limit on that one. I, I don't know. I may It may work. I hope it does. But if it doesn't, I'll let you know, and I can tell you where the limit is. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. That has been extremely interesting. Um, yes, and I look forward to welcoming you soon again, and of course the listeners to this podcast again, to another episode of our Simmons & Simmons Mediation Podcast. Thank you, and goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>